and good morning and welcome to Let's Talk. I'm Tracy Morgan. Always nice to have you with us, especially this half hour. This is our half hour that we bring in fantastic professionals to talk about not only their businesses, but issues that are important to you. And today we're talking about men's health. It is Men's Health Awareness Month, June being, and I know we're already here, can you believe it? But that's where we are in June, and so we are going to focus on some issues that are specific to you men, okay? Butler Health System is with us today. This is their day, and Dr. Anthony DiMatteo is going to be with us. Of course, he's in urology, that's his specialty. And we're going to be talking about a couple of different things um, like prostate cancer or prostate checks and something called BPH. We'll ask him to explain a little bit more about that. Now, before we welcome him into the program, what we are going to do is just give you the list of how you can listen, because we love that you listen to us on the radio, 680 AM and 107.5 FM. But if you do have the opportunity to listen to us streaming online, that would be WISR680.com. A button right there whenever you get onto our homepage says listen live. So just go ahead and pick that. It'll take you where you need to go. Now, you also have the opportunity to listen to us on your own device, your your mobile device. You would look for the ISR app to download onto your device or devices, and then you can be mobile that way. One more way that you can listen, of course, Alexa-powered devices, absolutely. So you can just say, Alexa, play WISR 680, and that should be enough, and that'll get you our station as we broadcast through for the next 30 minutes. Now, if you do have to leave us at some point, I get it, I understand, you're busy, but what you can do is come back to our website to listen to this again. Or even if you listen to it and you miss a few of the points, that's okay as well. What you can do is go onto our website, WISR680.com, You're going to pick programs, drop that down to Let's Talk, and then look for the Butler Health System. And that's where you're going to find our discussion. All right, Dr. Anthony DiMatteo on the phone with me. Dr. DiMatteo, always nice to talk to you. Thank you so much for your time. Hey, great to be back. Good morning, Tracy. So, of course, you've been practicing in Butler since 2017. It feels like a blink of an eye since I said welcome to the area. <laughs> but That's you're, exactly right. I know, right? And and I know your primary focus is some minimally invasive treatments for prostate cancer and kidney cancer and, and other things as well. But I kind of want to talk about what, what men go to see you for and maybe what they're a little shy to talk about. And I think those are important things. Do you find that men are, are shy? in talking about their health care. Absolutely, uh, yes. And, and this is a conversation that I have almost on a, on a, on a weekly, if not daily basis, men, men being uh, share, scared and apprehensive to, to come see a physician. Um, and it, it, I think it's, it's really important uh, for men to realize that, that you don't need to be scared uh, to come in. And, and I want to uh, kind of clear the air a little bit about what we're looking for, what we're screening for, and also the importance of seeing your primary care physician because this really is, uh, you know, men's health awareness. This is all issues that go into promoting men's health. And a lot of it is men just being aware of the risk factors, some lifestyle adjustments that they can make to improve their health, quality of life, reducing cardiovascular risk factors, all those types of things. And then also understanding uh, a couple issues that are unique to men's health, uh, specifically uh, in the urology field, uh, prostate-related issues, both benign and malignant, so non-cancerous and cancerous. And, and a lot of men don't understand the difference between that, what the symptoms may be, and what we can do to help treat all of that. Well, let's talk about the prostate in a moment and the benign prostate conditions in a moment as well. But let me back us up to when you were talking about 
men not really seeking out healthcare as much, especially as women, if you're going to compare the two. And then my ultimate question is going to be, when do we see you? Because you're a urologist. And if you mention the PCP, who comes first? Right. So uh, really, you need to have an established relationship with your primary care provider. Uh, Interestingly, 40% of men only go see a doctor when they have a serious issue, uh, and they don't go for routine checkups. And there's a lot that can be done in those routine checkups, screening for high blood pressure, screening for high cholesterol, diabetes, helping with weight management issues, uh, helping to quit smoking. And all of that prevention can help reduce the risk of a lot of chronic long-term health issues. And the, the primary care physician is able to help risk stratify and help the patient decide when they need to go see some of these specialists. Obviously, we're available. We're happy to see men. Sometimes they'll just call us up and say, I have trouble urinating. They go see the urologist. But really, the, the primary care physician is on the front line. And you know, patients that have an established relationship with their PCP, they may start to bring up some of these issues that maybe they're too shy to even then bring up and say, I want to go see a, a specialist about. So that resource of having uh, an established relationship with your primary care physician is so valuable because then also a lot of, a lot of men, uh, upwards of 20% of men will admit that they're then even too nervous to go see a doctor because then they're afraid to find out what might be wrong. So if you have that established relationship with a primary care doc to begin with, it, it really will reduce a lot of that risk and stress about the uncertainty about what might come back. Well, can I so, add, oh, I'm sorry, yeah. go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just wondering if you could kind of describe for us what a PCP is checking for. And, and I ask that knowing that you are a urologist, you're not in the PCP shoes, but still as a doctor, what happens with like blood work? What happens with um, urine samples? You know, what are you looking for that would indicate that maybe a urologist is the best person to go see? Right. So, so to come see the urologist, uh, really, it is a, uh, a urine sample. Uh, is there blood in the urine? Is there, are there recurrent infections? Uh, screening for prostate cancer, uh, it's, a, it's called a PSA, prostate-specific antigen. That's a blood test that's usually tested every one to two years, uh, starting on average between the age of 50 and 55, uh, up, to the, up to the age of 70. Uh, and then also screening for the prostate, the, you know, the, the rectal examination, the prostate exam. I, I will say you know, more and more doctors don't do a rectal examination in the primary care uh, space because uh, they just aren't as uh, adept at feeling for abnormalities and there can be false positives and false false negatives. So it really comes down to the prostate blood test, the PSA, and then screening for symptoms and uh, and a urine test. And again, we're talking about men's health awareness, folks. So if you hear Dr. DiMatteo and you know that he's a urologist, we want to make sure that we define that they are two different, like PCPs in urology is two different fields, if you will, or two different focuses, but yet they're both very important. But yes, trust your PCP, go to your PCP, start there. And then of course, I know Dr. DiMatteo, if somebody comes to you, you are more than happy to help them out if you can and, and, and treat them and, and have an appointment with them. So I say that because I'm about to ask you about cardiovascular disease and your urologist. So that's why I wanted to kind of put that piece of the puzzle in play here. Because when you're at a PCP, will they also look for cardiovascular disease? Absolutely. And that's one of the primary things that they're screening for. 
So believe it or not, last week uh, I was in clinic and a, a, a male patient, probably 62 years old or so, was seeing me just for his annual prostate examination. And some men prefer to see the urologist to, to be screened for prostate cancer, which is certainly fine. And I said, uh, you know, who is your PCP? Have you seen them recently? And his response was, oh, I, I don't see my PCP. They don't do anything for me. And I hear that periodically. And I, I want to stress the importance of it is important to see your PCP and they are checking for things. And if it feels like they're not doing anything, well, they check your blood pressure when you came in and they usually order routine lab work, which involves screening for cholesterol levels. <clears throat> and those are the two primary risk factors that they can monitor over time. And if there's a change, if the blood pressure starts increasing or cholesterol levels start increasing, there are ways to treat that to reduce your long-term risk of developing cardiovascular disease because men have an approximately 20% higher risk than women for cardiovascular disease, for heart disease. So what does that mean? That is, uh, you know, heart attacks, needing surgery, stents, uh, vascular disease, you know, lower extremity circulation issues, or even developing strokes. So we're talking, you know, really severe health issues that can uh, really have a negative impact on you know, the quality and duration of a man's life. And, and even when it feels like they're not doing anything, where the primary care doctor isn't doing anything, if they're screening for these things, you know, a little bit of prevention goes a very long way. Now, a couple things, I want to touch on a couple things that men will ask me. What can I do to reduce my risk? Well, I'm not checking their blood pressure and I'm not checking their cholesterol levels, but I talk to men about number one, first and foremost, trying to quit smoking. Because men that smoke have a, a three times higher incidence of having a heart attack. And just by quitting smoking within one year, that risk starts going back down to that of the general population. I know it's very hard to do. <clears throat> it is very, very challenging to quit smoking. But that is one other thing that your PCP can help with, help with uh, craving issues, uh, techniques to help stop smoking. But I stress the importance of quitting. Also, dietary factors, getting more fruits and vegetables, reducing the amount of red meat that you eat, cutting out unhealthy fats, making sure you get plenty of fiber. You know, these are things that don't require taking a pill for. These are things that don't require a prescription pad. They don't require physical therapy. These are things, these are decisions that you make in the grocery store before you put into your mouth. And all of those help reduce the risk for men. And it's important to exercise. Men that engage in moderately vigorous activity have a lower risk of death than men that who are less active. So just moving. You don't need to play sports, but just get outside. Take a walk, do some strength do some strength training, go for a swim. It's the summertime now, find a pool, take your dogs outside, do something to move, get your blood moving because that is um, that reduces your risk. And if you eat well and exercise, all of that also helps reduce the risk of obesity. Elevated, elevated BMI uh, reduces, um, I'm sorry, elevated BMI increases uh, your risk for cardiovascular disease. And in our area, it is not uncommon to be overweight. And um, so just increasing, you know, men may not realize that their increased BMI uh, also impacts multiple other factors for their overall health.
including the psychological factor, I would assume. Absolutely, yes. Um, and, and managing depression, anger, stress. Uh, you know, a lot of men are, are scared or embarrassed to bring this up to their treating physician. Uh, and, and there are ways that that can be treated, uh, both with medication and uh, psychotherapy, um, psychiatry, if it's really, uh, if, if it's really severe. Uh, but primary care physicians spend a lot of time helping patients, men and women, manage stress, manage and poorly manage anxiety and depression. And yes, all of that is very important. Dr. Anthony DiMatteo, he is with us. Of course, he's urology. He's a urologist with the Butler Health System, but we're focusing on Men's Health Awareness Month since we are in June. And another thing that you mentioned, Dr. DiMatteo, is prostate cancer. A couple of minutes ago, you mentioned that a urologist can test for that. Before I ask you about prostate cancer itself, is that the only thing that you're testing for, or do you test for a wide range of conditions being a urologist? We test for uh, multiple things. Uh, the primary thing when, it, when a male comes into the office is screening for prostate cancer, enlarged prostate issues, uh, and then also urinary tract uh, issues, whether it be uh, stones, uh, bladder cancer. Um, uh, th- those would all actually show up on a urine sample. So th- we screen for all of that. So talk about prostate cancer, if you would. How large is this issue right now? So it, it is uh, a very common cause of, uh, of cancer in men, uh, making up about 27% of all cancer diagnoses in men worldwide. That works out to be 1.4 million cases of new prostate cancer annually. Uh, it is second only to lung cancer for men worldwide. Um, the, uh, of course, lung cancer, the most common cause of that is smoking. So once again, the importance of trying to quit smoking. Uh, so an, an interesting thing that I want to uh, bring up that a lot of men have found confusing over the last 10 years. Uh, back in 2012, the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force, which is a, a government agency that helps determine uh, screening guidelines, whether it be for prostate cancer, breast cancer, colon cancer, they downgraded the recommendation for screening for prostate cancer, and they recommended against it. They recommended against using the PSA. And the reason for that was there is a lot of low-grade prostate cancer that does not need to be treated. And historically, a lot of those men were receiving treatment. And so they felt, well, it's being overdiagnosed. Let's not even screen. So from 2012 on, there has been a reduced, there's been a reduction in the number of diagnosed cases in the United States. But there has been an increase in the number of metastatic disease cases that have been di- that have been diagnosed um, between 2010 and 2015. So that's the that's the time span bridging the 2012 uh, U.S. Preventative Task Force recommendation. That is a very unfortunate situation, and and what we have learned is that we really should be screening for prostate cancer. So over the last five to seven years, they have actually backtracked and have re-implemented the recommendation to screen for prostate cancer. So PSA screening is encouraged and should be done at the primary care level and the urology level. And so I still get men coming in saying, I thought we weren't supposed to be screening for prostate cancer anymore. And it all goes back to this unfortunate recommendation 10 years ago now. Now, luckily, 
insurance companies, the primary care uh, agencies, uh, a lot of our governing bodies uh, for society networks have all come back around and saying that it is important to screen for prostate cancer because we want to detect the high-risk cases of cancer and prevent them from spreading the metastatic disease. Because the good news is, if we can appropriately diagnose it, risk stratify and identify the high-risk cases before it has spread, if we can treat it, then the long-term success rates are still almost 99%. But the goal is to identify it while it's clinically localized and before it has spread. So that is where it's important to get your PSA checked, get your prostate examined, see your PCP, see a urologist. Some men are more comfortable with us screening than the primary care physician. Either way, as long as somebody is checking, it, it, it doesn't matter to me who checks it. Um, identifying the men that are at risk and moving that on to a prostate biopsy, which we can talk about uh, a little bit here. Can you talk about demographics and risk, fast, risk factors? Uh, absolutely right. Um, so for the general population, uh, otherwise healthy men without a family history, uh, the, the, the men that should be screened are between the age of 50 and 55, starting screening between that age up to about the age of 70. For men that have a family history of prostate cancer or African-American men, those men are at higher risk for prostate cancer. So they should start getting screened uh, between the age of 40 and 50. Um, it, the, it's important to stress the importance of shared decision-making. <clears throat> so talking to your physician, is it right for me to be screened now? Should we wait a little bit longer? Um, but those two important factors, African-American race, or uh, patients with a family history. I'm going to cover a couple of points that you have uh, written down for me so we don't run out of time for our final point today, but you do mention how you screen is the PSA blood test, the rectal examination, and then, of course, you have different treatment options between observation surgery, radiation, and hormone therapy, chemotherapy, some others as well. Let me just ask you this question about that before we move on to our next point. How do you know what is the best treatment option? Is there a way that that you choose plan A and then plan B and then increase the intensity if needed? Or do you choose between surgery or hormone therapy or radiation automatically? Great question. <clears throat> so a, a lot of that information is based on how high the PSA level is and then the cancer that's diagnosed on biopsy. So there's a staging process and a grading process. And all of that information goes into an algorithm and some men do better with surgery. Some men do better with radiation. Some men do better with some hormone therapy plus radiation. And it's, it's actually a, a complicated decision uh, process. So usually I schedule patients to sit down with me for about 45 minutes to an hour. And it, it takes that long to sort out the decision making, some of the side effects, the risk factors. Uh, and then what they can expect with treatment uh, going forward. And, and so it's, it, 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 luckily, it's, it's, it's not one size fits all, and it, and it can really be personalized to the patients uh, and their disease. The final point we wanted to cover is something called BPH. Explain what that is and cover that for us if you don't mind. Right. So this is when, when men think about prostate problems, they usually think of their friends that have trouble urinating and then cancer. And usually men that have cancer don't have symptoms. So a lot of times men come in to see us 
and they're having they're waking up more frequently and they're going more often throughout the day they're dribbling more it's hard to go that is usually what we call benign prostate hyperplasia so still a prostate problem but it's not cancerous but this can be treated and there's a lot of ways that we can improve the urinary symptoms and the quality of life for men uh, without having to uh, consider prostate cancer um, we, we will screen for prostate cancer, rule that out, but most of the time, uh, it's a it's a benign condition uh, that affects uh, most men. Uh, about half of the men uh, between the age of 51 and 60 have BPH, and as you get older, more men experience symptoms. About 90% of men over the age of 80 have benign prostate hyperplasia. Again, how do you identify this? Is it just because they have symptoms and you've already tested or ruled out prostate cancer? Is, is this the, um, I'm just wondering if this is the category that you lump most everything else in if it is a prostate cancer. It, it is. Uh, it is. So essentially what happens is the, the prostate grows too much. Uh, it, is, it is too big. And, and it can manifest itself in a lot of different symptoms. So this would be one of the, the one of the issues that men might call up the urologist saying, I know that you're a urologist to you treat urinary symptoms. I don't want to talk to my PCP about it. I know I just need to come straight to the urologist. And so it, this is really symptom-driven. And uh, I, I touched on a couple symptoms, but to go through the list that a lot of men might complain about would be uh, waking up at night or straining, having to urinate, trouble starting their stream or, or trouble getting the stream to stop. It just dribbles too much at the, at the end of their, uh, at the end of their urination. Also, men will complain of a lot of urgency. So they may be at the grocery store or on a road trip. And, and when it hits, when that sensation of having to pee hits, they're running to find a bathroom or they're pulling over to the side of the road. So these symptoms are not subtle. It really impacts their quality of life. And by the, by the time that, it is making them uncomfortable. Uh, usually there were symptoms that were much more mild early on that we could have helped intervene uh, much sooner. When you talk, and, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and, and, and part of the workup is, yes, screening for prostate cancer. If we see them and they have not had a PSA check, we will do that. We will examine the prostate uh, to make sure that, that that is not a problem before we treat it for benign prostate hyperplasia. And we have a little bit of time left to talk about some of the treatments, but the first one I want to ask you about, you just simply say observation. And and I'm wondering how hard it is for a man to hear that when it sounds like you're just waiting. Yeah, absolutely. And, and believe it or not, almost a third of men will elect just for observation. So the way that conversation usually goes is uh, I use a, a, a screening symptom survey in my office to help determine the severity of their symptoms. And one of the questions is, is it impacting your quality of life? And it's a scale of, uh, of zero to six. And if they're upwards of six, they're very, very unhappy. But if they have symptoms and they score a one, if it's not affecting them, then I may say, listen, we've ruled out cancer. There's nothing suspicious. There's not a problem here. But if it's not making you unhappy, then it's not something that we have to treat right now. But just making sure that they're aware of what the symptoms are and if they worsen, then we can intervene. So it, it, it can be a progressive issue where 
some men may start to experience symptoms when they're, you know, 40, 50, 60 years old, and then 10 years later, the symptoms are worse. Well, then making sure that they're aware that there are many ways that we can help treat them so they're not condemned to uh, living out the rest of their life running to the bathroom all the time. When you talk about medications, would an individual be on medication for the rest of their life? Yes. So medication, I equate medication to being like the Band-Aid approach. And unfortunately, about two-thirds of men elect the medication route, and it doesn't solve the problem. It can make them feel better, but it doesn't solve the problem. Uh, Only about one out of five patients will actually achieve an increase in their flow, meaning only 20% or so of those patients are actually getting a reduction in the prostate obstruction from the medication. But I think one of the reasons that men elect to uh, stay on medication is because they're scared of the next step. And the next step would be some sort of prostate surgery. And only 2% of patients per year undergo some sort of prostate surgery. Uh, But the good news is, is I have focused on offering minimally invasive prostate treatment options to men here in Butler, uh, one of which, the, the, the least invasive option, being the Eurolift. And uh, you and I had talked about this a couple of years ago as, uh, as I was trying to promote it more in the area, and it has become so popular. Uh, over the last few years, uh, as I've totaled it up, I've treated over 400 patients now with the Eurolift system. And, uh, and more and more men are starting to hear about it, their family, their friends have had it done. Now they're coming in because they say, oh, you know, my, my uncle had such great experience. I have the same symptoms. What can you do for me? And so it just increasing that awareness for men, understanding that there are low-risk procedures that can offer durable symptom relief uh, that do not adversely, adversely impact uh, their quality of life that do not expose them to a lot of risk. I appreciate you saying over 400 patients. Whenever you talk about, yes, you've been here for a few years now, 400 patients is a lot, which I think hopefully will help other men realize that they're not alone in this issue. Absolutely. You know, if I may touch on one one of the, a couple of the factors that men will say is important when selecting a minimally invasive uh, prostate treatment option, um, they've surveyed men uh, about the issues that they find necessary uh, when selecting uh, a treatment option. And uh, they felt that the primary consideration that that men have in selecting an option is is reducing the risk of needing a catheter postoperatively. And truly, men will say, listen, I want to alleviate my symptoms, but I'm scared of having a catheter postop. And the Eurolift system, uh, really only about one in 10 men end up needing a catheter post-op, and it's temporary, and it's usually out within one to two days. So it's a very quick recovery for the men that do need it. Also, the Eurolift system, most men achieve improvement in their symptoms in about a week. And and so men don't need to think about, oh, a long four to six weeks recovery time period. They're going to be laid up throughout the summer. No, this is something. Uh, within about one week, it's a quick outpatient procedure. They start to notice a significant improvement in their symptoms. And on average, on that symptom survey that we use, most men achieve between a 40 and 50% improvement in their symptoms, which is pretty incredible um, 
considering a lot of these men have put up with their symptoms for a long time before they come seek out uh, a consult with the urologist. The fact that we can offer them a treatment that gives them a rapid relief in their symptoms. Dr. Anthony DiMatteo, a urologist here with the Butler Health System, focusing on June being Men's Health Awareness Month, so not just prostate, but other things as well. So check up with your PCP. I know that Dr. DiMatteo is a urologist, but we wanted to make sure that you you understand, gentlemen, to, to go get checked out, talk to your doctors, talk to your PCP, and if you need the urologist, of course, Dr. DiMatteo is here. Dr. DiMatteo's office is at 104 Technology Drive, Suite 204 here in Butler, so you can always call the hospital if you need that number or call the main line, and they can take care of you from there. One last question, Dr. DiMatteo. I know we only have about a minute left. Uh, can, can somebody just go ahead and come to you if that is their decision, even if they've talked to their PCP or not, or do they have to have a doctor's script or order, if you will, to come visit you? Great question. Uh, and, and so a lot of men, they can just schedule a, a clinic visit with us. They can call um, the hospital number and, and they'll be able to get them scheduled. Uh, when they make, when the patient's making that uh, a visit, they'll be able to tell the patient whether they need a referral from their primary doctor or not. Fantastic. Any final thoughts you want to share? Uh, no, have a safe, healthy summer. Uh, stay active, and uh, and we'll see you if we can be of service. Dr. DiMatteo, thank you so much. You're very welcome. And, folks, thank you very much for joining us as well today. If you would like to listen to this program again or if you caught it halfway through, what I would do is direct you onto our website. It's WISR680.com. You're going to pick Programs, Let's Talk, and then look for the Butler Health System. Thanks so much. I'm Tracy Morgan with Let's Talk.